Hi, it's me, Brad Watson. Today's episode is the beginning of a whole new series on rhythms, how we live a daily expression of the gospel in all the mundane, ordinary things of life. How do you live with gospel intentionality? I'm super excited about this series. I'm excited about this introduction uh, episode today and then all the conversations that are to follow. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Before we dive into that episode, I want to point you to a few things that we've released lately. One of them is this uh, coaching cohort on gospel fluency. One of the things we've uh, experienced is that as we've coached many leaders, we've realized that, man, the number one key thing that they they actually need is to experience the gospel for themselves and to, to know how to develop a gospel-centered, fluent culture through their leadership. And then that's kind of the, the, the good soil then for doing any of this uh, missional community stuff. And so this is a, an amazing uh, opportunity for leaders to, to dive into a cohort and be led very intentionally through not just gospel fluency content, but, but content for how to create a culture uh, within your church that is centered on the gospel. I think this is unbelievably important. It's one of the best things that we've put together recently. It's going to be led by our awesome coaching team. And so you'll want to check that out. Go to saturatetheworld.com and you will be able to find that pretty easily. And also, if you want more information, you can write us at hello at saturatetheworld.com. Uh, the other thing I just want to point people to is this resource called Missional Community Pilot Guide. Uh, the pilot guide is something that we made to, to help churches as you have a bunch of new people or maybe you're trying to transition your communities towards missional living. Pilot guide is a way that you can kind of teach and lay that foundational work over an eight-week period of time uh, as a large group before splitting people up and seeing them kind of grow up into missional communities. Uh, it's a really great way to help people shift from Sunday to every day. It's also if your church is already established in missional communities, pilot groups are a great way to get people on board. Uh, It's a great on-ramp for new people into missional community life. And so I want you to check out those two resources. I think they're awesome. And with that, let's dive into today's episode. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Today, to begin our series on rhythms of life, we want to give a big overarching picture of what we actually mean by that. And in the subsequent weeks, we're going to dive into each rhythm. And then uh, at the end, we'll, we'll look back and say, how do we, how do we teach these rhythms uh, holistically within a missional community? How do you lead a missional community towards uh, a life that demonstrates the gospel and that every part of life is an opportunity to to know Jesus, to understand Jesus, to live your identity, and to follow him. And so uh, to begin, though, we want to just give the, the big picture. Uh, and before we dive into these, these missional, lifelong, uh, daily life activities, uh, I want us to, to know uh, that God 
Uh, first of all, is gracious, kind, compassionate, good, sovereign, abounding in love, just. And that's who God is. And what, what God has done is he's uh, sent the son whom he promised. Uh, this Jesus lives this beautiful, wonderful life, uh, demonstrating the way of love, uh, being just himself, pointing to this perfect revelation of, of God and his character. But also Jesus takes uh, all of the sin of the world upon himself, all death, all evil, all destruction, all brokenness dies on the cross on behalf of all of us, raises again victorious over sin and death and evil. And now we, uh, because of Jesus, are adopted into the family of God and we become sons and daughters of God. And we're also uh, brought in as citizens of the kingdom of God, serving Jesus as a way of life. We're now servants, just as Jesus was a servant. Uh, and we're also uh, sent ones. We're missionaries into the world, having this Holy Spirit within us. Now we get to live this abundant life. And that's really where we where we want to focus in on this series. Is, is So if that's who we are, we're, we're family, we're missionaries, we're servants. How do we actually live? So you can throw those things out, big picture, say, yeah, that's our identity. Now go, now go do that. But I think that we often don't actually live that out uh, intuitively. We actually, we struggle to, to see our identity become a reality. And that, in, in a nutshell, is, is what I believe sanctification really is, is what we're named in Christ, our identity that's been given to us, and then we begin to live that. And that's maturity, is living out your identity and all the stuff of life. But what does that actually mean? And so uh, these rhythms basically outline that everyday stuff of life piece. Not new things, but the same things that we we're all doing, but now with the lens of the gospel, a lens of the mission and the purpose of God. So, so the first rhythm we're going to talk about is bless that we are given all of these opportunities in every moment of life to be a person of blessing, to serve, to care for, to give, uh, all of those things. The next one was is listen, that we are able to hear the voice of God, hear the Spirit of God, listen to one another in community, but also listen uh, as we live on mission, asking questions, uh, diving in. We're all given uh, opportunities to enter conversations. Usually we speak, so we intentionally make that listen so that we hear. The next one is eat. Everyone is eating all the time, three meals a day. But in the gospel, we're actually given a whole new outlook towards food. And so we'll we'll talk about eating uh, as well. The next one is story. That the whole life uh, is shaped by a story, a worldview, a picture, and we get to tell stories all the time. And so one of the, the ways that the gospel shifts and changes us is that the story we tell isn't our own. The story is about Jesus and he's the hero. And then the last S is Sabbath or recreate, uh, where as an intentional rhythm of life, we rest in what God's done. And we even rest and recreate with others that we're living on mission to. And so those are those all spell out BLESS. It's an acronym Tim Chester came up with. It's really helpful because it's an acronym, right? Uh, and so that's what we uh, are going to talk about in this series how do we live based on who God is and what he's done? A few uh, other big picture things here. We are God's people. We're saved by God's power for God's purpose. 
And we are learning to follow Jesus together. That's what every missional community is, is all about. And that, that, that we've been given an identity that is not an activity. Uh, and so you can't stop being who you are. Uh, and also, you, it's hard to divide them out because it's just who you are. You, you don't get to segment uh, your, your life. You are a follower of Jesus, a servant missionary, part of the family of God. That's who you are. Uh, and you're not alone. And one of the things that we mean by rhythms is, is that every mundane thing can be filled with the presence of God. Everything has significance. And God, Christ, as, as Paul writes in Colossians and in Ephesians, is filling all things as, and is in all and is above all and he has authority of all. But now the question really becomes, if, if this is all true and we're supposed to live this way, how do we do it? What does it mean? In the Great Commission, Jesus says that we're supposed to go, therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, baptizing them in their identity in God. But then he says that we're to teach them to observe all that he commanded us. And behold, he will be with us to the end of the age. And so we go and we, we make disciples uh, that, that every part of your life, all the eating, all the conversations, all the commuting, all of the errands, all of the hobbies, everything now is defined by that purpose of making disciples. That you are someone who's learning to follow Jesus, but also inviting, proclaiming, and telling other people how to follow Jesus as well. That, that if people watch your life, they're able to experience his love, his grace, his hope, but also see that's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Another thing Jesus is saying in this, in this commission is that what we belong to is a movement. Uh, it's not an, an election, it's not a fad, but it's a very real sense, people being transformed throughout the world and being transformed right in, in front of the world. Uh, and that those transformed people know God the Father, know the Son, know the Holy Spirit. Not a thing of superstars, but a growing number of people, a faceless, nameless, egoless army of people saying, I believe in who God is and what he has done for me, and I'm learning to give every part of my life to him. It's a movement that we all get to participate in. It's a mission we get to sink our lives into, and it becomes our life. It's something we do together. Everyone gets to play. We all get to invite folks to follow Jesus through our daily lives. He also says, you know, that we should teach them to obey his commandments. Uh, Jesus commands all sorts of things. Essentially, he commands us uh, to love one another, to love God, and to love our neighbors. These are the, the big commandments that Jesus gives over and over again, the, the way to follow God and what we, what it means to obey God is, is to love him completely, fully, and to love one another, the body. That it's by our love for one another that the world will actually see that we're following Jesus. He also commands us to love our neighbor, to, to make people our neighbors as the good Samaritan does. And through all of this, and all these commands, what Jesus is saying in this commission is, he is with you. And that is what it's all about. Starting now and through eternity, you have communion with God. In the very mundane things, God is with you. 
doesn't that change the the attitude, the heart, the actions within each of those moments that Christ is beside you, he's in front of you, he's behind you, he's in uh, the mouth of each person that you interact with, Christ is with you. Jesus, in every activity of your life, the Holy Spirit, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive within you. Everything you do, God is present. Everywhere you go, you are a child of God. Every activity you partake in, you are a servant to Jesus. In every bureaucratic errand you do, every phone call, you are sent one by the Holy Spirit. Everything counts and is building towards the mission of God. Everything is an opportunity that God uses to teach you about himself and to show the world the infinite value of his life, death, and resurrection. Going to the store, going to work, going on vacation, staying home and caring for your newborn baby, mowing the lawn, painting a picture, reading a book, getting a beer with your friends, eating lunch, going to bed, sitting at your computer at work. All of it is an invitation from Jesus to know the infinite value of the gospel. And so back to the, these daily rhythms of life. What does it look like to live out the presence of God? First, in each of those opportunities, we get to live out this activity as, as sons and daughters who've been blessed by everything, blessed abundantly by the gospel. We get to, to bless others. We give generously from our own talents, our gifts, our resources, our time. We bless people with our words. We offer encouragements to our friends. We bless others. In all of those activities, we think, how can I be and how can I do blessing? We also listen throughout the day, looking to the scriptures, asking God, tell us what it is that we should should hear and know. We ask in prayer. We ask in listening to other people. We, we ask others questions deeply. We stop talking. We start hearing. As a child of God, we don't, we don't beg God to listen to us. We try to, to listen to him. As servants of Jesus, we're not clamoring to be heard, but to hear We want to hear the needs of other people. We want to hear their stories. We want to hear where they are so that we can serve Jesus as we serve them. As missionaries, we listen to what the Spirit is calling us to do and we obey. And so we'll we'll have a whole uh, episode on that topic alone. But that that is the daily rhythm that we're invited into. We also eat. We share meals. We invite people to the table. We make our our dining room table the front line of all mission and all expression of family. And when people come over to our house, we welcome them in. We give them tea. We wrap our arms around them. As children of God, we go to communion and we take and eat of the bread and the wine. And we remember that this meal represents the very life-giving sacrifice of God. We serve at each dinner table. We serve even at our lunch breaks at work. 
We also share story. This is where we, we hear, but then we also speak the true story of God, the story of creation, of rebellion, of promise, of redemption, of the church, of full restoration. We see God in all of it. We see ourselves in the story, and we remind each other in the family of who God is and what he's done and what he's going to do. We see all of life through the true story of God. And we also Sabbath. We, we celebrate the good hope that we have. We, we throw parties. We go to parties. We gather with the family on Sundays to celebrate Jesus. We take time away to go and, exp- and look at the creation of God. We rest from the drive to do it all ourselves. And we show the world what it looks like to be the people of God at rest and not hurrying around. We invite people as missionaries into our vacations. Again, there'll be a whole bunch of episodes, or there'll be an episode for each of those rhythms, but but today we just want to lay that sort of groundwork. And one of the, the passages I want to leave you with as you begin to think about your own life is what Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.15. He says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Saying in your hearts, acknowledge Christ is Lord over every moment of your life. And then he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who speaks, who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. If someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Peter's writing to a church that's suffering, a church that's marginalized. And he's saying it's the simple obedience stuff. It's the simple obedience, the reverence for Jesus as Lord in every part of your life that will lead to these opportunities to explain the hope that you have, that the way you live demonstrates hope. The way you eat the way you talk to other people, the way you give of yourself, the way that you rest, all shows people that you have hope, a hope that is different. And when this happens, we get to share, hey, with gentleness and respect, let me tell you about this Christian hope, this hope in Christ. Normal stuff is good news stuff. Our lives, the way we live, ought to demand an explanation. The way people see us go through the exact same things that they're going through ought to demand from them an explanation. They say, well, you're taking your kids to school, you're running your errands, you're doing all of these other things just like I am doing. But the way you do it, the heart that you have in it, the mentality that you have, the intentionality that you have it is different. Can you please explain that to me? Can you explain your life? What part of your life, uh, just as we bring it to you, is void of that hope? Where is God completely absent? Where has he not filled all and in all of everything? Where have you perceived Christ as burdensome? Where do his commandments not seem like life but seem like death? I just want to to challenge you with that because those could be the very areas of your life where the gospel needs to, to
to break through where you need to see like a brand new fruit of the gospel. These parts where you think, God doesn't play there. God doesn't play in the chaos of my dinner table. He's not there. Or you might think, this neighbor that I have that that has so many needs, I know Christ is calling me to love them, but it seems like death, not life. And here's the good news. Jesus is calling you to die to yourself, to live. He is calling you to give up your whole attitude and your whole, whole framework for life that is all about you. He's calling you to die to that stuff and live to him. And that is really great news. I'm excited about this series. I can't wait to, to dive in as we have conversations with people who have been living out uh, these rhythms for a long period of time. And, and, and it, with each one, we're going we're gonna to dedicate a lot of time to just diving deeply into what we see in the scriptures, but also very practical, like this is what you can do now sort of stuff. And so I invite you to stick around to, to enjoy this series because I, I believe that, that we've done a great job of explaining the gospel, but often uh, we don't hit the ground with it. The gospel still lives in the air and, and through the series, we want to help people understand how the gospel touches ground, touches your life. And so, yeah, can't wait to dive in more. Thanks for joining us. Jesus, help us out.